0: Welcome to another episode of the Haskin Cast podcast. I am your host, Scott Haskin, and I have a wonderful artist who has just released her first album. You know, this is not normally my wheelhouse of music, but I really, really honestly dig these tunes. And let's talk about them with the author, the owner, the creator, the magic that is Mads. Mads, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. First of all, congratulations on your new album. Your first album. How exciting is that?
1: Oh, thank you so much. It's um, more nerve wracking than exciting so far, but it's been it's been a good experience for sure.
0: Are you at a point where you're sick to death of listening to the songs or are, do they still, you know, are you back to being excited by them?
1: Oh, gosh, I've definitely gone through phases. Right before it came out, I was like playing my roommates the music and they were like, this is our favorite song. I was like, oh, that one. We have to listen to that one again. But it's kind of reignited the spark for this music to finally have it out.
0: I think people uh, don't necessarily understand the the difficulties of recording an album when you hear your song that you've been working on writing for a while. So you've heard it 100, 150 times at least through the writing process, then the recording process, then the mixing process. You've probably heard each song a good 300 times.
1: Oh my gosh, yeah, it's, it's a lot. I just can't even imagine like... People who have like serious hits having to play like Taylor Swift is probably so tired of Shake It Off. Yeah. Poor girl has to still play that at every show. Gosh, I just can't even imagine that.
0: Well, and imagine thirty years from now when oh, she's yeah. played that, you know, five, six thousand times.
1: Yeah. I uh Maybe one day we'll get to that spot. But now I just get to be annoyed with it on my own. <laughs> <laughs> there
0: you go. Are you, are you able to listen to it objectively now? Or are you like, do you put on a song and you're like, oh, my God, did I do this right? Is this mixed OK? You
1: know, I still I still have moments where I'm like, oh, maybe I should have added something there or or taken this away. But, you know, in the moment it felt right and it it seems to be hitting people well. So, you know. Everybody makes mistakes, I guess. But I think I think it turned out pretty well. Well,
0: I think mistakes are subjective, right? Because yeah. you're going to be the harshest critic of your music. Uh, maybe some people in the media will be because that's just what they are. You know, there's yeah. some magazines that are just notorious for bashing everything that comes their way, no matter if it's good or not. Uh, but I think that what you can do, it, it, there's really nothing wrong in music unless you play something that's unpleasant and people... Like tones that don't work together, like notes yeah. or instruments that don't sound pleasing, unless you're doing like a horror album where that's what you're going for. Cool.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: or even a song. But I think that that um there's really nothing wrong, right? You could say, I wish I would have added a slide whistle here, or I wish I would have put another guitar track there, or I wish I hadn't have added this organ, but that stuff that you just take for. And you say, okay, now that I've learned this on this album and from doing concerts and how these songs feel live, now when I go to start writing for my next album or if you just continually write, you just assimilate that stuff along the way. Okay, I was really unhappy with this last time. Here's how I'm going to hopefully not overcorrect for it this time.
1: Yeah, I think the thing that kind of saves me too is that I've heard multiple versions of these songs, Mm -hmm. but to everyone else, they only know the one. And so in my yeah. mind, I'm like, oh, I could have done this. I could have done that. But no one knows what the other options are. And that kind of mm. makes me feel better.
0: Yeah. It's like when you when you get a, a DVD and they have the the alternate takes of yeah. scenes and you see how they how different they were. You know, yeah. I find that stuff fascinating personally, um, because as a songwriter myself, I love kind of understanding where other people are or how they process different things um do you typically because you're a vocalist mainly so do you typically start with lyrics first or do you start with melody
1: you know it's all over the place my favorite place to write is in my car which probably isn't the safest however (laughs) when inspiration hits you gotta do what you gotta do um typically if I'm in my car and some sort of melody or lyric strikes I'll either type it in my phone or record it in my voice memos or if I'm home it normally starts with my guitar or piano I don't put myself in a box with how to write a song. So whatever, it's whatever like feels feels right in the moment.
0: Yeah. That's good because I found that you can attack a song from any angle, whether it be lyrics, guitar, drums, bass, whatever it is, you can come up with something as a starting point from any instrument.
1: Anything, yeah.
0: But what's exciting is let's say that you know, normally you write on a piano and you're just goofing around on a bass one day and you come up with a with an idea from the bass you start attacking the whole song differently because you're coming at it from a different angle so i think it's good to do different things and and it keeps it fresh too
1: yeah it, it definitely makes the process interesting it's different every time which i like yeah
0: now do you tend to record a demo of okay here's my idea for the song let me get it down before i forget it or do you tend to make a lot of changes before your first recording
1: see i have this really bad habit of just not recording anything <laughs> and okay. not writing any of, any of my chords down i'm working on it um but normally it's i write the song i write the lyrics down, and i'm like cool i'm done and then a month later i'm like oh hmm, i kind of forgot how to play that song <laughs> So I'm trying to get better about like, at least record the ideas, call it good and then work on it. But yeah, I'm really I'm quite bad at that.
0: <laughs> well, I think you've, you've got a good start with the voice memos though, because I, I do that a lot. I'll be, you know, when I'm out and about, I'll have an idea and I just kind of like sneak away and just you know, do it in the voice recorder yeah. because I will forget everything that I came up with five seconds after if I don't document it.
1: Yeah. It's it's the only way to do it. And I don't know. It, it seems more productive that mm-hmm. way because then I'm not yeah. like I was scrambling, trying to be like, oh, that sounded really cool. What was it again?
0: I mean, sometimes it can work in your favor because sometimes you can come up with something that is completely different True. and you might like it better, but you still could do something with the other idea if you had it.
1: If I had it. Yeah, it's it's good to just keep, keep everything in your pocket for sure. Yeah.
0: Has the writing gotten more comfortable as you went along and and wrote more and more songs for the album?
1: You know, honestly, not to like toot my own horn, but no. writing kind of always come easy to me. Mm-hmm. I'm, and I shouldn't. I say easy as in like I can do it. I'm very hard on myself, and it takes a lot of like trial and error to get to what the final part of the song is. Mm-hmm. But you know, I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs>
0: Well, I I I don't think it's it's bad to um to say how it is. I mean, if if writing is something that comes naturally easy for you, yeah. I get bashed all the time, or I used to get bashed all the time because I don't get writer's block. It's just not ever happened to me before. Yeah. Um I, I just I've always found there's always something I can create. And if I'm not, you know, if I'm playing on a piano and I'm not getting anything, I just switch to another sound or I switch a yeah. different instrument. There's always something.
1: Yeah, I always find. If I'm not inspired, it's because I'm not listening to anything that's inspiring me. So it's like I got to find a new artist to listen to or a new show to watch or yeah. something new to, to throw some inspiration in my brain. There's always a way to get around that, I think.
0: Well, let's talk about that. So uh, growing up, obviously, uh, I know your Aunt Julie. I've yeah. I've uh, hung out with her a few times. I've known your mom and, and her since high school. Um, yeah. Both absolutely just lovely, dear friends. Um, what are your influences musically?
1: Um, well, I, as a child, loved Michael Jackson to the point where at four years old, when he died, I cried to my mom because I said I would have no one to marry anymore. So if that tells you how in deep I was with Michael Jackson, <laughs> um, and obviously my mom and my my aunts really loved Paula Cole, so the kind of singer songwriter parts of Paula Cole. And again, I'm a 19-year-old girl, so Taylor Swift is obviously obviously in there.
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Did you did you uh, ever listen to uh, artists like Tori Amos, like other female solo like singer-songwriter types?
1: I, I don't know if you would consider Alanis Morissette singer-songwriter, but I did go through a really heavy Alanis Morissette phase when I was like mm. nine. Interesting. That was my I, go-to for a bit.
0: <laughs> I just saw a clip of an interview with John Stamos that came up on my Instagram, and I'm like, why am I getting a clip of an interview with John Stamos? That's the most <laughs> random thing. But he was actually talking about the day that uh, Dave Gou- Goulier messaged him and after he had heard the uh, Alanis Morissette song and and admitted that that was him.
1: Oh my god! He was
0: sure that that was song was written about him. Now that, <laughs> in a way, that sounds kind of arrogant, like she's talking about me, but <laughs> if it was a positive song, I would say that might be arrogant, but it definitely <laughs> was not.
1: Oh, okay. So not something that you should be owning, probably. <laughs>
0: no which is why he's never really come out publicly and said that but he did to john and of course john had no problem talking about it so yeah i thought that was kind of fun so a little bit of a mystery potentially solved there i mean everybody kind of has narrowed it down to it being him anyway yeah um but she has a really interesting voice she's got a lot of power and a really interesting vibrato Um, You sing very smooth on this album. Like your voice sounds, you sound so confident and comfortable and relaxed. It feels like you've been doing this for years when I listen to you.
1: Yeah. um, My parents have always been very supportive of me. So when I was, I think I was like freshly nine years old, they shoved me into vocal lessons at School of Rock. And I was like, I'm going to be a rock star like Hannah Montana. And I just like found that's the one thing I didn't get bored of. Mm -hmm. So I would sit there and I'd like record myself singing songs until it was perfect. This has been my jam.
0: Yeah. And, but your, your voice, like, I feel like you have good control over your vibrato, but you also know really when to bring it out and when not to, I love when you just sing smooth. And I love when you put those inflections in your songs because you, you get it. You understand songwriting and you understand performance. And a lot of times with an artist, especially with their first album, um, they're kind of all over the place, but it seems like you've you've really honed that. Did you work with a producer or was this all you?
1: Well, thank you. um I I wrote these songs all by myself in in my bedroom or in my car. and then I went to Trevor who produced and and engineered the album um and basically was like, here's me with my guitar. Let's see what we can do. And, um, I had, I feel like I went in there with a pretty solid idea of what I wanted it to sound like. And he just like added the sprinkles on top of the cupcake with that, Mm. which is, which was really, really, really sick. But yeah, I think I was, I went in pretty, pretty confidently with this album just because I've been sitting on all these songs for so long. Yeah. And I was like, you know, if I'm going to do it, let's do it. They seem pretty solid. We'll call it good.
0: Nice. And, you know, when you're paying for studio time, there is that pressure yeah, of like, the, you know, the red light.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, I'm curious then, uh, how long has the span been since you started writing these songs to getting them recorded?
1: So two weeks was started in 2020. OK. I wrote that first verse and chorus with a couple of my friends and then just kind of sat on it. I actually wrote it for a band that I was in during that time and we just never did anything with it. So that's probably the earliest I started writing for this album and then up until like May, right before I decided to go into the studio was when I I wrote the last song oh. for the album.
0: Okay, all right. So have you, uh, did you write any songs that did not make it on the album?
1: Um, There's a couple, yeah, <laughs> that, that I had um, written and recorded when I was about 16 or 17. And uh, they're just very like I was quite emo in in high school, red hair, side bangs, punk vest, and they're just a little too like My Chemical Romance, Paramore, to have like fit on this album. So mm. had to scrap those. But dear place in my heart for those two songs.
0: <laughs> well, and you know, down the road you can always do a deluxe edition and include the the tracks that weren't recorded at that time.
1: You never know. I mean, if Taylor Swift can do it, I can do it. You know, well, gotta yeah. tell myself that.
0: <laughs> absolutely uh I, I hope that you get to be as successful as taylor she's um she's probably the, one of the most famous people in the world now
1: she's amazing i will defend her to my grave seriously
0: i feel like she's somebody that i could just hang out with you know like it like a total casual just hang out you know sit around and talk have a movie on
1: yeah no i i want to meet her one day just sit in a room and watch watch how she interacts with people i think that would be so interesting
0: i find that really refreshing too because i feel like she whatever i've seen her interviewed um even on the red carpets or even like at big events i feel like she's just this is who i am i don't need you to think i'm a big celebrity i don't need you to think i'm this kind of person or i think this way or that way she's very i'm not going to put up with your bullshit if you ask yeah. me a stupid question i'm just going to look at you
1: yeah which is <laughs> great know? like a little eight nine year old girl that was like i want write music like looking at taylor swift be like i'm not answering that question this is who i am you know i i adore her i think she's so cool
0: i think my favorite clip with her was um when i think i want to say it was mary Hart it was interviewing her on a red carpet she had just won a a big award and she was wearing like a really slinky dress and and mary hart commented on the dress and said you're you're not just going to be going home with a trophy tonight you're going to be going home with lots of men
1: yeah and she was like no men (laughs) lots of men
0: is kind of a what do you think happens at the swift household on a friday night (laughs)
1: exactly yeah it's it's really great to see like women in music be so confident in themselves and be like no like I'm, I'm not here because I'm a woman. I'm here because I'm good at what I do, you know? Exactly. It's, it's really inspiring as a, as a little girl watching that.
0: Yeah, definitely a, a great role model for sure. Um, have you written any songs since these songs were done?
1: I've started a couple. Mm-hmm. But honestly, like this whole album has just like encapsulated my musical mind that like the yeah. thought right now of starting something else just seems overwhelming. Mm-hmm. I think I need to let these marinate even though I'm annoyed with them. Let them <laughs> marinate a little longer <laughs> before well, I move
0: the, on. The, the overkill definitely has a big uh, role to play in that. Yeah. And and I think that's why it's great when a band can, you know, they can record an album, then they go on tour for a year before they come back and, and start working on another album, because you need to get away. Even though you're playing, you know, a handful of those songs live, you need to get away from them a little yeah. bit and, and separate yourself. Yeah. yeah but it's always, but, but, in the meantime, you're still going to come up with ideas and you're still going to put them in your voice recorder, hopefully. And yeah. you know, remember. Um, what do you what do you think now that you've had songs that are produced, mixed, and mastered, and you hear the potential of what your idea starts with and what it finally sounds like in the in the finished version, how do you think that will affect you writing going forward now that you know what it can it can sound like?
1: You know, honestly i kind of love that i have no idea what it's going to turn out to be like there's a couple songs on this album that i was like yeah these are going to be like crazy pop songs and now there's like a church organ in the background (laughs) and there's like weird punk guitar riffs in the back i kind of love the unknown so i think i am just going to stick to like let's write on my guitar and my piano and just like see how it goes just keep it i love the magic of it all
0: well and 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 working with a producer too you can take those and say this is where I'm comfortable starting my pieces and here's how I've displayed the idea to you so that we can now take that and bring it to the next level whether it be adding a pipe organ or adding drums yeah. or you know whatever it's going to be um you should always write where you're most comfortable but every once in a while try something different
1: yeah definitely maybe I'll learn how to play a saxophone or something write a song on that
0: there you go. I'm sure your roommates will enjoy that.
1: Oh, of course. Yeah, I know they would love that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I I love the um the first song on the album Empathy. It it really is um a, an album opener. It's just a nice gentle vocal, and it's it's what I think 29 seconds long.
1: Yes, sir. <laughs> it, it just
0: it just really gives a good warm up. I think for what we're about to get in the rest of the songs.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I had um. That's another one that I wrote in my car. You'll see that's a continuous theme. We <laughs> sat on it for like months and I, I was showing my friends. I was like, I really want to write. It was supposed to be a whole song. I like, I really want to turn this into a song, but I don't know where, where to go with it. And I tried and I tried and I tried and I finally like went into the studio and I was like, this is it. We're going to let this be what it is. We'll call it an intro and call it good. And it worked. I'm really happy with how that one turned out.
0: Yeah, me too. I, I think it it gives you a good overall idea of what the album is going to feel like without kind of giving you too much. I think it, it's sometimes having those shorter intros makes you want to hear the next thing more. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm intrigued by this. I need more. Whereas if you just have the song as the first song, if they don't like the first song, they're probably not going to listen to another. And, or maybe they'll just hop around to the middle of an album somewhere and go, Oh, let me just check something else out. And either stay or leave. So I think it's a great idea.
1: Yeah, and some some of my favorite albums that have come out in like the last year or two had a little intro which definitely made me feel better about it. Like Emails I Can't Send by Sabrina Carpenter, that title track, I think is like just over a minute long and like mm-hmm. totally sets the tone. SOS by SZA too. I was mm-hmm. like, well, if they can do it, I'm I'm going to shove that on mine too. I think that's cool.
0: Yeah, Sabrina Carpenter is another artist that man, I'm just I'm so impressed with
1: I love her. I watched her on Disney Channel for years. I -hmm. adore her. She's one of my faves.
0: I was very bummed when Girl Meets World got canceled.
1: Oh, too soon. Too soon, man.
0: I think they just took it too far too fast, personally. I think it just got dark, like, way quick when they were just, like, these little fun kids being being crazy to, all right, now we're all in a three-way romance, and this has got to get settled. I'm like, dude, just...
1: It happens save, really fast. Is save that,
0: that for like junior or senior year of high school, and you know,
1: yeah, definitely. Uh, it I, was I'm, first though. Good when it started. Oh,
0: yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you know, but they uh the people from Boy Meets World they do a podcast where they're really? doing a, a rewatch. It's called uh, Pod Meets World. They do a rewatch of all their episodes. They're on uh, season two, I think, right now, and uh, it's it's uh Ryder Strong, Danielle fishelle and Wilfred Del. And uh oh, they're
1: saving that right now.
0: They're going to once they once they finish Boy Meets World, they said they're going to go into all the girl meets world episodes. So I'm I'm gonna be very curious to hear what they say about how that all panned out.
1: Oh my gosh, I just saved it. That's amazing.
0: Yeah. And uh, and of course she wrote the theme song for that. And and she and Rowan uh, sang on that together, which I love. It's on my iPod. It's it's one of those songs that it you know, you get up in the morning and if you put that on. You're just you're gonna jump gonna out of bed. You're gonna start day. getting it done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Do you have any um like music that you use to inspire you to to kind of get going on those days where you're like, I just wanna stay in bed?
1: You know, it's <laughs> it really depends on the day. Again, I went through an emo phase. So sometimes, you know, you gotta wake up to some ice nine kills metal core,
0: mm-hmm. scare
1: you out of bed. Uh, but then other days, you know, I still have Hid of Montana on my playlist. Best of both worlds, you know. Got to act yep. like you're you're in a theme song for a Disney movie. It'll get you up
0: for sure. Nothing wrong with that at all. the uh, The song that Sia did, um, "Chandelier," is is one for me that I just absolutely love. And I had some really weird dream one night because I, I live in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. and I had to, this dream that I was walking down the strip, and all of a sudden I was in a music video for "Chandelier." And like my hair that I don't even have is blowing in the wind. And there's all these people that are syncopated dancing behind me. And I'm just like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm just going to go with it because it's a dream.
1: I love that. That's such a good dream to have to be to see a video. Those are always so interesting.
0: Yeah, she's she's another artist that I'm just really impressed with that she just seems to to find a new level to stretch to all the time that I'm just like, how could she do anything more than this? well, she just did.
1: There she is. Yep. She's always 10 steps ahead of everyone.
0: <laughs> I like that. There's a lot of really good female role model songwriters out there right now.
1: So good. It makes me so happy.
0: Yeah. How about the acting world though? Cause it seems like there's a lot more these days. Um, and maybe I'm wrong, but it seems like there's more female leads and heroines that are heroes that there, than there were before. Does that affect your, like how you feel about the challenges of being a woman in today's world?
1: Oh my gosh, yeah. Like I went, when I went to see Captain Marvel, a little like 14 year old me was like, finally, Wonder Woman too. I was like, yeah, go. You know, it's after like growing up years of like, all the boys at school are like Spider-Man and Iron Man. I'm like, oh no, let's talk about Wonder Woman because she would be any of their asses.
0: Yes, yeah, (laughs) for sure.
1: Good change for me, for sure.
0: And of course the Wonder Woman theme was written by Tina Guo and Hans Zimmer absolutely incredible piece of music i have to say
1: yeah so so good
0: i would say one of the best superhero themes as far as i'm like for getting all pumped up and and just you know ready to take on some bad guys i think that's one of the best themes i've heard
1: it definitely encompasses the vibe of the movie which is hard to do i would Mm -hmm.
0: think yeah for sure so, what is your what is your plan now? Uh, are you're obviously you're do, you're doing live gigs in uh, in in Utah? Is your plan to just kind of keep doing that for now, or where do you want to where do you want to go from here?
1: You know, I I'm trying to just get my name out there right now. I was in mm-hmm. cover bands for so long that sometimes people will recognize my face, but they don't know my name. Mm-hmm. So I'm just trying to shove my name in people's faces around Utah. But I would love to just like. Hop in a van and live off of hot dogs and peanut butter and jelly with my band, to <laughs> just drive around and be like, "Please let us play." So we'll just, we'll just have to see where that goes. But ultimately, the goal is to get out of Utah and see new people.
0: Right. Uh, so, are you? Do you have a a solid band, or Are you just playing with different people right now?
1: You know, most of the time I have the same band. Okay. Thank God. Um, but they're so talented and so busy, they have their own band. So sometimes I got to switch it up, but I have a pretty solid group of people that I'm able to rotate through, which is Good. convenient.
0: Yeah, for sure. That always helps to have backup players and, and yeah, people and you can switch out. Yeah, and especially
1: ones that are so talented. I've been, I've been playing with these guys since I was 13, 14. They were at a music program that I was also at. That's how we met. And they're just insane. Like some of the most talented people I've ever met in my entire life. And some of them are still in high school. It's mm. just crazy.
0: Wow. That's awesome, though, t- because... In a smaller town, I mean, like, you're not in a really small town, but you kind of are in a small town.
1: Yeah, in comparison to other places, for yeah, sure. Yeah,
0: it's 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 really lucky to find that many talented people to work with that, you know, are freed up to be able to do things with you when you want and then have alternatives if, if they aren't.
1: No, it's amazing. The talent out here is insane. I mean, I, I truly believe the only things there are to do in Utah, and call me crazy, is ski and snowboard or make music. You're either in the mountains or you're doing stuff in the city with music. And I'm very, I'm very grateful to be surrounded by that up here.
0: Well, until what? Eight o'clock at night or, or whatever it is. Yeah.
1: And then it's curfew; Everyone's got to go home for sure.
0: The only time I've been to Salt Lake city, I went out there, I was working for an inventory company in Colorado and we went to Salt Lake to do a, a, I think it was like a, an auto parts store and a Michael's arts and crafts or something. (laughs) And, um, we get into town, we pull into, it was a pizza hut at the time. And uh, they're like, hey, are you guys from out of town? And we're like, yeah. They said, well, if you guys want to get alcohol, you better go right now and get it because you have about a half an hour. You know, we're not we're not promoting your drinking, but I'm just letting you know. And so they said, we'll hold your table for you and and everything. So they did. We went to the liquor store and got some beer and and then we came back and that was very nice of them to let us know. (laughs) But then it was it was weird because the first place we did, I think, was the Checker Auto and then we when we did the Michaels Arts and Crafts the next day, everybody was like, hi, I'm Susie, I'm a member. Hi, I'm Bill, I'm not affiliated. Like they had to let you know their stance on the church. Yeah. And I'm like, this is we don't care. Like we're here to count. Saying. Yeah, we're here to count plastic flowers. I
1: <laughs> Yeah. It's definitely a different culture here, but everyone here is so nice. Like people there's a stereotype out here that people are just like way overly nice, but like it's it's not a joke. Like you'll be walking yeah. down the street. and if you tripped and fell on your face, there'd be thirty strangers coming up, like praying for you and calling ambulances, and there's a doctor on his what like crazy nice out here,
0: yeah. I that was my experience for sure. Um, it was hard getting used to everything closing so early because we were used to working overnight. So oh, that was, yeah, for that sure. was kind of strange. Um, but the fun part was when we went to uh count at the Michaels Arts and Crafts they had an eighty station on, and so they wanted us to count all the plastic flowers first, so we all gang up on those we all have our little sections and they haven't this eighty stations playing and Jenny comes on and so we're like count trying to count the flowers going one, two, three, eight six, seven five three, damn it <laughs> so that was that was a little fun We all just stopped and waited until the song was over and then <laughs> we finished it.
1: Oh, no, man, that song's an earworm.
0: It is. It is. Absolutely. Well, I'm very <laughs> excited for you. I, I'm very curious to see what comes out next, uh, you know, as you're doing your your next album, you can always release a single too. In between, um, you don't have to wait and do an album at the same time. You can always just say, Hey, I've got a song um, time to, to feed my fan base, something, you know, I'm
1: certainly thinking about it. We'll see what happens.
0: All right. Well, I cannot wait. I think you're, you're a very talented fantastic artist I think you're going to inspire a lot of people it's just it all comes down to just getting it out there
1: thank you I appreciate it I'm I'm proud of myself for finally putting out some work after years of being too scared to do it it was time and I hope I hope it means something to someone else the way it means to me (laughs) okay
0: well all right now I've got to ask you so two questions for you one there is a a real understandable fear that artists have of taking the things that we're the most proud of and exposing ourselves by putting it out there for people. Is there something in particular that got you over that hump or?
1: You know, it was my dad. Mm -hmm. Um, And it wasn't necessarily that I got over the hump. It's that he said that I just should get over the hump. Mm -hmm. Um, For years, I'd like write a song. He'd be like, let me hear it. He's like, you have to record it. You have to record it. And then I finally I finally recorded those two songs that didn't end up making it on the album. And he was like, if you don't put these out, I'm going to. And it's just because he was he was so supportive of it. I was like, if my dad likes this as much, someone else's dad is gonna like it. And then they're gonna show their kid, you know? So it was it was really my dad and my mom too. Same way. She's like, These are good songs. You just gotta put them out. It's like if no one else likes them, at least my parents do. That's what matters. (laughs) Well, and and
0: you know, you have to take the parent feedback with a certain amount of I'm their kid. They want to support yeah. me, but they also could very well enjoy it. The way I look at it is if I'm enjoying what I'm writing, there's a good chance someone else out there will, too.
1: Yeah, I definitely had to rewire my brain that way instead of just being like, well, I like it, but no one else is going to like it. I'm Like, you're not you're not that cool and indie, dude. Someone <laughs> else is going to like it.
0: But you also have the advantage because I don't play live. So you have the advantage of kind of showcasing songs and seeing how people react to them.
1: That was super super nice. Getting to yeah. play some of the songs on the album before they came out. And I was like, "Oh no, people do like them and they can sing to them." Mm-hmm. That was definitely a little ego boost that I yeah. needed before this came out.
0: So, the other question I wanted to ask you and I like to ask artists um especially songwriters this question or or screenwriters this question too, when is a song finished for you at what point do you say this is the way it's going to be and i'm not changing anything else
1: gosh it it really depends i think i think for this album i was like if it gets stuck in my head then it's done hmm. if it's not stuck in my head or my roommate's head or someone's not humming it after i play it to them it's not it's not good enough i wanted my stuff to be catchy and you know like you said like chandelier by Sia's in your dream and now yeah. you video like that's that's what I wanted to do for this Mm -hmm. album and I think I was able to do that and it it definitely gave me a good stopping point I was like oh no it's stuck in my head I'm gonna get tired of it we're good Mm -hmm. that's the end of it
0: yeah I tend to I use a lot of instruments in my music and I tend to do a lot of layering and I'll get to the point where I'm like I shouldn't have added that (laughs) that's kind of when I know for me like I've gone too far now I went one step too far and I need to dial it back
1: a little bit (laughs) yeah for sure yeah. trevor trevor keeps me in check i'll be like oh we should add like a four-part harmony to this and he's like oh maybe not maybe <laughs> let's just like see how it is right now and i'm like okay you're right. was, it,
0: was it pretty casual working with him or did you guys butt heads a lot or what was oh it gosh,
1: he's the best and the easiest person to work with like the most chill dad vibe of all time and i I met him through my vocal coach so he's he's really good with all the vocal stuff which is super helpful um but we because i met him through my vocal coach we work the same way like our the way we go about lyrics and the way we go about sound is very very similar and we kind of communicated sometimes without using words which was yeah. great we yeah. kind of we were always in sync which was, mm-hmm. which was great i, I love that guy
0: well i'm curious though i i know he helped you on the musical side but i'm curious Did he have you changed any lyrics? Was he kind of like, yeah, I'm not liking that so much?
1: There was one one lyric, and I have a really bad habit of doing this. Um, there was just too many words in one phrase. And he mm. was like, hey, man, this song's really great, but um, you might. Totally up to you. <laughs> You might want to change it it sounds a little jumble totally up to you though and we ended up changing it and i was like why didn't i just do that in the first place it flows so much better it sounds so much better well i but-
0: think we we get stuck with our initial idea right mm-hmm. like whatever whatever the first thing was you came up that's the song that's the hook that's what it has to be because that's what i wrote yeah it is hard and I know this because I've taken a lot of my older songs, like I'll do typically one new album a year and one revamp album a year. So all of my older songs that I was way too young when I was writing and didn't, you know, I just, I was, I should have been with a producer or somebody who knew how to structure songs better. Yeah. And that just play one part for three minutes because it was fun to play. Um, it is hard to go back and edit yourself because you get stuck to that initial idea. Right but it's also, you have to keep in mind, it's just an initial idea.
1: Yeah. I definitely had to get, get over that. And Trevor was really, really good at that. I'd be like, Hey, here's a song idea. This is what I think, but you go, you figure it out because if you come up with a different idea and it's better, I'm not a part of it. Cause I do, I do get stuck. And, and there was, there was one song on the album. Don't try to date your friends that I was like, I don't know what I want to do with this song all I have is this initial idea. Maybe we should just keep it. And he was like, no, just let me do it. Let me go. Mm-hmm. And he added, that's the song I was telling you about with the organ and like the crazy guitars. And mm-hmm. I was like, I never would have thought of that. In fact, if you would have suggested that, I probably would have said no. Yeah. It ended up being like one of my favorite songs on the whole album. So it's really great to have someone to like bounce ideas off of so that I don't get stuck in my it, own. It idea. definitely
0: is. And, and I think that As you do projects with with him or whoever you're working with in the future, every project you learn so much from, even if you're doing exactly the same process, you write on piano, you take it to the studio, you guys develop it together. If that's the process you go with, you will still learn something every time. You'll learn how to edit yourself better. You'll learn how to be more open to change. You'll learn how to develop things so that you won't have to make as many changes. It's just part of the process. But that's one of the things I love about it is the growth from project to project.
1: Yeah, I'm really excited to see how this plays along and when there is another album because there will be I will never ever stop writing Good. ever. Good. Um you know, once once that comes along like what the vibe of that's going to be and how the process is going to change. I'm really I'm really excited to see how that goes.
0: Well, it's you know, people I, I hear people oftentimes say like, how can the Rolling Stones make so many albums? How come, you know, this band did so much music? How could they keep writing? You can't not do what's a part of you. Yeah. You if can it's try a blowout,
1: and ignore it. You gotta.
0: <laughs> you can try and ignore it. You can try, you know, if you, if you're, you've gone through some stuff and you're hating the business or whatever, yeah. you could try, but you're still coming up with ideas, whether you work on them or not, they're still coming.
1: They're always there. It's always yeah. in the back of your mind, whether you like it or not. So you might as well do something about it.
0: <laughs> that is a perfect note to end on, really. Thank you <laughs> so much, Mads. I can't I can't tell you how excited I am and uh, can't wait to see what you do next. I will be following your career with great interest. Please come back on the show and see us again.
1: I would love to do that. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: You bet. Take care.